It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. It's 10 Jack, o'clock. One, two, one, two. There he is. It's Heat Wave Sports here, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Tim Unglesby, Damon Cotton with you here, and we are smack dab in the middle of March Madness. Plenty, of course, going on in the world of college hoops. We're going to break down today's games, give you a peek at next week's Sweet 16 matchups. And, yes, there's still games tomorrow, actually, because of the way the schedule was set up for the COVID year. There's actually games tomorrow all day as well, so we'll look ahead to those again 24 hours later. I know Chris and Tommy looked at them last night. We're going to look at them again and see where Chris sits after some more upsets today. And I say Chris because Tommy Barton with the night off tonight and in his place, radio personality, and, of course, the member of the Heat Wave Sports family, Chris Wynn. See Wynn, another crazy day in college hoops. It's double digits all over the place again, right, Tim? It's kind of crazy how we have uh, some of these teams that uh, may, you know, it, you may not see it for the next, what, 5, 10, 15 years, these teams going deep into the NCAA tournament. But it's happening here in 2021. And, look, we still have a bunch of games going on tomorrow, too. So we may see a few more Cinderella's getting ready to suit up for next weekend's Sweet 16. Now, before we jump into today's games, um, <clears throat> first off, before we, before we jump into today's games, before we talk about the big news that happened around 6 o'clock tonight here, Vegas time, I, di- I didn't get, I don't know if you guys went over it. We talked last week with what Tommy's weekend was going to look like. Of course, he's in Atlantic City. Hopefully, Tommy's taking a nap. He's been up uh, almost 72 straight hours uh, breaking these games down and doing a great job over at TomBartonSports.com. He was 2-1 and one today as well, so he's up for the tournament. What what is a, what's the sea win weekend look like? I know usually you know you and I could be out at a book uh, in normal normal times, but did you change your process of how you watch these games this year? Didn't change it too much, Tim. I was very fortunate; I got a chance to kind of bounce around a little bit. I, I'm over here on the west side of town, in Las Vegas, so I hit a lot of the local spots as far as the sports books. The Gold Coast, the Orleans are the two favorites for me. And uh, they've been pretty steady. They've been pretty busy, even though, you know, look, people are taking their precautions when it comes to COVID-19. They're being very uh, astute as far as that's concerned. And yeah, but at the same time, people are out about, you know, and obviously the NCAA tournament, you know, because it didn't go down last year, people were chopping at the bit and they're still out in force and they've got their tickets and they're in the sports books and they're at the sports book bars and it's pretty steady and it's and it's a lot of fun. So for me, it's been uh, kind of par for the course as far as from a betting aspect. It's been kind of uh, kind of up and down for me, given that uh, you know there are I have been taking some shots on some favorites, and it just hasn't shaken out that way this year, Tim. As you well know, I mean, when you have teams like Virginia, like Illinois, like Ohio State that are going out in these games early on. It's going to, you know, you're going to take a hit if you're somebody who's, you know, who's betting these sides. So uh, it's it was very much the case again today. 
And I would expect uh, going into the games tomorrow on Monday, it's going to be the same. So, you know, no, look, let's be straight up about it, okay? N- nobody's expecting the Abilene Christians, you know, and the Oral Roberts to be playing on the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. It's just not what the expectation was. And nobody was expecting, you know, the likes of the Illini and the Buckeyes and the Cavaliers and some of these other teams to be, to be home, sitting at home already and watching. So, uh, from, but it's been, it's been an enjoyable weekend. It's been fun. And, uh, it's been kind of, uh, it's been kind of crazy, uh, how things have gone down from a betting standpoint. But, uh, I expect much more of the same as we head into the next, uh, you know, next phase of the NCAA tournament, Tim. So around six o'clock tonight, Pacific time, Vegas time, uh, word came down from the university of Nevada, Las Vegas, that they had hired their next head coach, as, as everybody knows, Otzelberger to Iowa State. So what was the answer? You know, did, uh, Reed Francois started, I don't even know if she started a coaching search, Chris, because when it was all said and done, a little over, uh, about a week later, they end up promoting assistant coach Kevin Kruger, former UNLV guard under his father, Obviously, we know the Sweet 16 run and all that, but Kevin Kruger came back home two years ago to assist T.J. Otzelberger, Chris Wynn, and now he is the head coach at UNLV. And there's so many ways we can look at this, and let's take a nice amount of time to talk this through because we're really the first people locally to talk about this on the radio. So I want to kind of uh, you know, get everything out in the open about how we both feel about this. And now that it's done, what does the future hold for UNLV basketball? Yeah, I can't wait to get your viewpoint and your take on this, Tim, because I have to admit, when I first saw this come across Twitter, I uh, was taken aback, to say the least. I was stunned. Prize at not only the name and who the, the person is who's going to lead this program now and who's going to be the head coach at UNLV, but I was also surprised by the timing, right? I was surprised at the, you know, how, how short amount of time it took for this decision to be made. And there's been a lot of adjectives being used. And Tim, I'm sure you've seen some of them over on social media in regards to Desiree Refrancois, the powers that be at UNLV. Uh, one word that comes to mind is lazy, okay? One word that comes to mind is is uh, is spur of the moment, okay? And it was, it was not, it was, it was not uh, viewed as a sound decision. It was not viewed as a uh, conservative decision. I think it is a gamble. I think it is a risk. And this is in no way to be disparaging towards Kevin Kruger. Kevin Kruger, who you, myself, and others here in Las Vegas, part of the media, have covered for a while. We covered him when he's a player here at UNLV. We covered him as when he was an assistant coach. And I have nothing but great things to say about Kevin as a man, as a person. And I think he is a very, very good young head coach, or excuse me, young coach, okay? But the fact of the matter is this. He has never been a head coach anywhere, okay? He is not even that far removed from being a college basketball player, okay? Yes, it's been some years, okay? But you still think, I I mean, I got to admit, I I still think of the guy, you know, when he was in the backcourt for UNLV, that's kind of like the mindset I have. Now, uh, but I digress. This is a program that is in disarray. 
Okay, this is a program that has major issues. They are essentially a program that needs to be turned around. Okay, they need to change everything about it. They need to change the expectations. They need to change the climate. They need to change. I mean, they, 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 everything, everything, and anything needs to be changed about this program. And so, what comes to my mind is, who's the right person at the right time at the right place for this job? And immediately, details about a person come to mind: experience, okay, someone who's been there before. Maybe somebody who's actually turned a program around, right? Somebody who has, you know, has been a head coach before at all, you know, and those aren't boxes that Kevin Kruger checks, okay? They're absolutely not boxes that he checks. And set aside the fact that he is just, you know, he is an assistant coming from the previous coaching staff that for the past two years has not been successful here at UNLV. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to start going on a, a rant and rave and tangent here on the air about, you know, how the dumpster fire that is UNLV basketball the last two years. But they have been nowhere near sniffing uh, the NCAA tournament. They haven't even been to an NIT. Close. A Mountain West title. They haven't come to the West tournament in the last, what, three coaching regimes. So, to me, uh, given everything that needs to be done here, okay, and everything that needs to transpire, and and I'm, I'm just setting aside the expectations that the fans have and that the alumni have here, because I'm, I'm neither one of those. I'm not, I'm not a fan, okay? I don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to UNLV basketball. Do I like, do, do, was, is it nice for me to see them succeed oh yeah i'd like to see them be successful absolutely but i'm not a fan and i'm not part of the unlv family i'm an outsider okay who just happened to cover the team for but for a bunch of years the point being though is that there was a few people out there who were much more seasoned who i thought were much more fitting for the position who had much more experience who just were a better fit in my opinion at this time in this place, at this program, for UNLV as the head coach. And Kevin just wasn't the guy that I would have picked. And so to sum things up from my standpoint, I think it was a horrible hire. I think it was a horrendous hire. And, you know, maybe I'm proved wrong, okay? Maybe he comes in and in three, four years establishes something here where the program is, you know, is going in another direction, and they're actually doing something, Tim. But, you know, until something along those lines even comes close to happening, I'm still going to be steadfast in what I think about this hire, and I'm still going to be baffled, as I am sitting here right now, that they're about to have a, a press conference introducing Kevin Kruger as the head coach of UNLV. Uh as far as that goes, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to you because, look, I'm sure there's – I mean, there's been a reaction. I haven't even, you know, got a chance to kind of go on to Twitter and see, you know, what the people, you know, that are that still care about UNLV basketball in this town. And there, obviously there are, you know, thousands of them, as there should be, you know, and, and that's a good thing. And, and I, But I have seen some reaction and, 
And I, I was kind of tongue in cheek to him when I went on Twitter, when I was trying to say, look, there are, there's some alum out there and there's some fans who are kind of twisting themselves in their pretzels trying to say, well, you know, this, they're trying to just make this seem like, oh, this is a great move. You know, this is the, this is the way to go. This is the direction they should go. And I just, I just was just kind of like threw my hands up in the air. I was just like, I mean, are you kidding me? Really? And so uh, basically what I'm saying is I'm going to be very interested to see what you had to say about the area, what you had to say about this and, and maybe others as well too. You know, and you and I, I assume will be on that, that uh, call tomorrow when, when they announce them. And I had, I had the same initial thoughts as you. I, I like Kevin Kruger a lot. He was always uh, willing to, to help us out when, when we needed uh, quotes or, or as a player, as an assistant, and you wanted a game preview, he was willing to come on and, and talk about that. And um, to answer what you said, answer your question about what Twitter says with the fans, I think there's a mixed bag right now, right? You have, like you and I feel underwhelmed with this announcement, and a lot of people do. Because I think we were looking at the uh, chance to absolutely bring in somebody with maybe, like you said, more of a coaching resume, right? This is, you know, and I guess it's how you look at the state of the program. The alumni, a lot of people that went to UNLV are hitting the Twitter up. They love it. They love Kevin Kruger. They love his dad, Lon, and, and they think it's like it's all these good feelings that are coming back to UNLV, and maybe, maybe he can bring that back. When you say maybe, with a guy who does not have head coaching experience, you're really stepping out on a limb here. And um, before I get to my ulterior motive in, in all this, I just want to say that I think that she had less than a week. What was I, I think I saw Tyler Bischoff said it on Twitter that the coaching search, search Chris, lasted 80 hours, which is unacceptable if you're looking for a head coach. I mean, that's just crazy, Tim, right? That, yeah. That's just crazy. 80 I, hours. I, I'm amazed by that. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by it. So, do I wish him well? Absolutely. You and I both hope that he comes out mm -hmm. like a house of fire, puts us back in the tournament next year. But if he doesn't, he's also got a little bit of a leash, I think, here. And that's okay, too. But where is the program? And this is where I'm going with this this angle here. And okay. it's purely my speculation. Okay. You want a big name coming in. Where is the program sitting? We're not even... I don't think people really think we're mid-major at this point. It's, just, it's like a joke, what UNLV basketball is. And the fact that she spent so little time on this, either some deal was already cut weeks ago, right? We, she knew TJ was leaving. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Lon got involved somewhere. I don't know. I don't know any of that. The fact that she spent so little time on this makes me feel that maybe she's not going to be around either, Chris, and she doesn't care. And I hate to say that because I don't have proof that that's how she feels. But what am I supposed to look at here? It, it shouldn't be a, mi a matter of money, right, Chris? They're, they're getting money coming back into the program with TJ leaving. And they have money available to spend. So I, I just don't understand this, this hire here unless maybe she just really doesn't care. Do I have any? Do you think that I'm standing on any positive ground here? I can totally understand the position you're coming from. Um the way you address it, though, it is pessimistic, though, the way you're addressing it as far as, you know, if that's her mindset, that's an atrocious mindset to have. <laughs> if you're the athletic director here and you're just, you know, it, it, you, your quote was that she doesn't care. If that's anywhere entering into the her mindset or, you know, her per 
viewpoint or her approach to this coaching hire or to how she does things at UNLV, then that's just absolutely horrible and she should be gone immediately. Um, but that being said, uh, the money thing, I didn't even address the money thing. The, the head coach here, you know, obviously T.J. Otzelberger was the highest paid head coach in the Mountain West coming from South Dakota State where he had some success, right? And he ends up getting the job here and he ends up – people were, were upset about that. People were couldn't believe why they had to, you know, kind of overpay him to come to UNLV. They didn't have to do that. But uh, – but as far as other coaches, you, you brought up you brought up you brought up the phrase a big name. I don't even think they need a quote unquote big name. I think they just need a name that is the right fit, you know. And I mean, is Steve Lavin a big name? No, not really. I mean, he's been out of the coaching game for a while. He's in television now. I think that he's a good fit personality wise for not just the program, but for the city. And for, you know, for West Coast recruiting. And I think he's, you know, he would have been, he would have been somebody that would, that I have been touting. You know, I even touted him back before they hired TJ. And I think before they hired Marvin to be the head coach here. Um, I, I brought up Todd Simon a number of times. Todd Simon, of course, the interim head coach here at UNLV, goes to South, Southern Utah. Nobody had even heard or no one even talked about Southern Utah basketball. You know, and still, let's be let's be frank about it, and still don't really now uh, around the country, but here on the West Coast, we know now the Thunderbirds. We know about Southern Utah. They're uh, you know now they're a, a name program in the in the Big Sky where they were just a nothing program until Todd got there, and he's been there for what, four or five years now. He's put in his time there, and he's turned that program around, and so that's why a lot of the media here in Vegas was talking about Todd Simon as a, as a possibility, and I think rightfully so, to be the head coach here at UNLV. And set aside the fact the guy is, is an unbelievable recruiter, okay, and has, you know, has ties from not only here in Vegas from Finley Prep, but also around the entire West Coast, and, and some would argue, uh, and look, I'm a little biased because we're both Michiganders, but Todd would have ties back to the Midwest as well, too, as far as recruiting. So, I mean, it's, I mean, the point being is that there there were just other people that it appears, and Tim, you just brought it up, there wasn't the time taken that needed to be taken by Desiree Ray Francois and the powers that be at UNLV to make the correct decision here. And does, does that mean that Kevin Kruger is going to fail uh, right off the right off the top? Am I going to say that? Absolutely not. Okay, he has a chance to do something. Because I think he is a level-headed guy who has, you know, a little bit of experience, you know, obviously as an assistant and has been part of the UNLV program and knows what the expectations are and understands, you know, kind of what it, what I think he understands what is a kind of an idea of what needs to be done here, you know, to get back to respectability. And another thing you brought up too, Tim, is it's about what the expectation should be. You said it was – you don't even think it's a mid-major. Uh, it's a mid-major right now. I would say it's a mid-major. Uh, it's still UNLV. Um, it, it, look, it's obvious. We all understand that the success is not where it has been, or where even you know the mediocre expectations should be. But it's still. Uh, it still should be, in my opinion, it still should be a top three program in the Mountain West uh, from a perception standpoint and moving forward. So, I mean, I'm a little bit optimistic from that from that view, okay, as far as where the program really sits 
in the lexicon of college basketball. But I, I mean, but this hire though, it just to me, it's it, it it puts Kevin in a really bad spot. You know, I mean, it really, it really, that's really what I kind of think about it. I think about him being in a very tough spot where you know his trajectory as a coach from being an assistant to eventually being a head coach, I think would have been much more beneficial if he did go to a lower level program, kind of the same route as Todd Simon did. And a lot of other coaches do. Okay. Where you're a head coach and you kind of, you show your moxie there and you kind of build a program and you, you know, you do that. And then you get the shot at a, look, it's not a high level. We're not talking North Carolina. We're not talking Duke. We're not talking, we're not talking Kentucky, but it's, but it's still UNLV, okay? It's still the Mountain West, and I just have a real problem with you know him getting going from an assistant coach, okay, and then just and then just get. By the way, on TJ Otzelberger's staff, he was on TJ's staff, you know, the and, last two years, and he yeah. wasn't even the head yeah. assistant. You know? Yeah, he wasn't even the head assistant. So you you kind of get what I'm grinding at here, you know. I just think that it's a leap, and and as and to kind of round it out here, my my diet. And we'll see. You know, I just don't. I mean, I I don't I don't know. The again before Chris and I are misquoted, we're fine with Kevin Kruger being the coach. We hope he does well. We're not happy that that was the route that that the coaching search took eighty hours, and this was this was the result because. I'll just repeat what you just said. He was on TJ's staff. He wasn't the, the head associate coach. He wasn't the lead assistant. And it was a team that won 14 games. You know, usually you see assistants get promoted from programs that are 20, 25, 30 game winners, right, Chris? You know, let him cut his teeth somewhere as the head guy. He, he sat at the end of his father's bench. He sat, you know, here for a couple years. That's That's fine. But until you do it, that's that's where you you know where you're at and, and to just throw him in the water like that like you said, I, I you know I mentioned it he'll have a leash but it's it's not fair to him and I, I agree with that how he builds his staff is very important here in the next step because he is the guy Chris and um, we'll, we'll see but he's gonna have to who's who's he bringing in to recruit that's that's the number one issue right now is who's your head recruiter gonna be right? Oh, that's a major issue, of course, at a program in the situation that UNLV is, right? And you bring up his leash. Yeah, there's no question he's going to have a leash, right? Because there, we all, you know, everybody surrounding the program is going to is going to understand that the position that he's in, right, and, and kind of what he's walking into. So nobody's going to be out there right from the jump saying, "Get it done, Kevin." We want, you know. We want this team in the NCAA tournament next next year, or we want them competing for a Mount West title next season, coming off of two years with TJ Otzelberger where there wasn't even anywhere anywhere near that, right? And yet they still had the expectation when TJ was here that it was going to be a building process, right? And they were just they just wanted to get better. He wanted to get better every year, and of course, since that's kind of all blown up because TJ ends up getting the job over Iowa State. Now it's kind of like everything's back to square run, right, Tim? And to your point about about Kevin going to a smaller school, I'm telling you, I mean, it just seems like it seems maybe I'm just kind of oversimplifying things or maybe it's an expectation that I shouldn't have because 
you know, coaches can go different routes and there's different ways that you can be a head coach in college basketball. But I mean, just to see the trajectory of his career, you, you almost had the expectation, right? That Kevin was going to go to a Troy state or he's going to go to, you know, go to a smaller program, uh, a New Mexico state, or a, you know what I mean? Like go to the WAC or go, or go to the, or go to the big sky or go to the Mac or go somewhere where he could establish himself. Right. It was about establish. a lot of times coaches, it's about establishing what it is your brand's going to be and what you're going to be about. And I just don't know. And look, I haven't taken some deep dive into Kevin as far as, you know, what his aspirations are or what, you know, what he wants to develop as his persona, as far as a coaching, a coach is concerned. And, you know, and, and, and by the way, I have, I, I have a real issue too, t- Tim, in, in this whole attaching him to the hip of his dad, right? Attaching him to the hip of Lon Kruger because we, you kind of get that with Richard Pitino. Yeah. And I'm not – look, I'm not trying to compare Richard Pitino and Rick Pitino to Lon Kruger and Kevin Kruger. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Okay? All right, back at it here, Heat Wave Sports, Sunday night, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Heat Wave Sports every weekend, Saturday and Sundays at 10 o'clock. And we're talking Kevin Kruger, the new man at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Let me, let me ask you this, and actually, Damon, will you jump on here real quick with us here? Because I want to get your thoughts on this. You are you know, a student. Uh, we'll call you in the younger generation here. So what you've seen back to what you can remember the Rebel program being is a little bit different. Uh, what are your thoughts on this hire initially? Um, that they didn't want to be risky at all. They wanted to just stay in-house and play it safe and keep the program going the way it is. So if that's what um, Desiree need, that felt like the move needed to be, I'm not going to argue with it. Give a young chance a young coach chance but it's nothing too exciting nothing too flashy probably not going to lose anybody in the incoming recruiting class but it is what it is so you're okay with that being a a fan of UNLV yeah I'm okay with it because it's one of those things where you just want the program to be better I don't think that there's any coach that like that they could have gotten in the next couple of weeks that would have just been like that would have blown anybody's mind also when it comes to price and um pedigree that would actually want to come to UNLV at this point in time. Okay, well, let me ask you this, then. And you, you see a guy like um, Juwan Howard at Michigan. You see these former NBA players that are, are trying to, you know, stepping into the coaching world, whether it be as assistants in the NBA and then on a professional or at the head, the head level at the college spot. But obviously, Deion Sanders in football, you know, guys with the names that can recruit. And I'm not saying that this was an, uh, an option. I don't know what 
his even if he was interested in the job but the last time last two times the name Jason Kidd was thrown around and then again this time the James, name Jason Kidd was thrown around why not take a chance on somebody you know who can recruit and who has experience you know Jason Kidd was an NBA head coach for six seven seasons why wouldn't that be an, an option here rather than having your coaching search last literally 80 hours if you're going to say that maybe stacy augman might have been um in a, a better example a better candidate for that because i don't think jason there's like there have been no reports i haven't seen anything that jason kidd wanted this job jason kidd wasn't lobbying for this job he isn't like tweeting out like hints like stacy augman like oh it's good to see Jawan howard and patrick ewing getting their alma maters to to like the ncaa tournament that may have been like a better approach than let's say Jason Kidd that I think that's a pipe dream because he's a guy who's started coaching in the NBA. Like there's no, there's no incentive for him to want to come down to college. Chris, what do you feel? I mean, and, and DeMont's right. Why would Jason Kidd do it? But maybe a name like that, when you see his fellow NBA stars are, are taking that step. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to harp on the fact that the coaching search, they, they want to say it was 80 hours. She, I think she had this already in her mind who she was going to go with, so uh, it's just a farce. Why not go with a name? If you were talking about a name, right, Chris, we started this with a name. Why not go that route? It worked well in Michigan so far, hasn't it? It's worked, and it's worked well in previous years. Sometimes these coaches aren't there anymore. You look at another NBA guy who, who stayed local, was Dan Marley at Grand Canyon, took a school that nobody knew about and put him in the NCAA tournament, and I think he got ran out of town on it was just total screw job last year on him, but a guy like that, why doesn't that? Why can't we relate to that? You know, Dan Marley, another name I wouldn't amount, mind seeing him because he has a name and he can recruit. Yeah, it can work as long if you're if you're bringing in a player, but I think it obviously depends on the program, right, Tim? It depends on the the situation that the program's in and and uh, and where they're at in their development. Uh, Dan Marley, that that worked out. I thought it worked out well at Grand Canyon. Um, it's worked out, I think, you know, at Memphis, obviously with Penny Hardaway, and we all know it's worked out so far, uh, in just one season with Juwan Howard at Michigan, but at UNLV, I, I just don't see just where the program is at right now and where they're trying to get to. I don't know if that's necessarily the play. Now, DeMond brought up, of course, Stacey Augman. Now there's all kinds of animosity and toxicity in the, uh, Stacey Augman coming back to coach the Rebels because – and there's some fair points made. Uh, and, and you bring up recruiting, Tim, right? I, I, Stacey Ogden didn't recruit one player, okay, back when he was an assistant here when, you know, through the, through the Rice era. I mean, it wasn't – Stacey Ogden was not out recruiting, okay? So you can we can put that to sleep right now. He's not someone who is some master recruiter. He didn't bring in, you know, four or five-star players – at UNLV when he was here as an assistant coach. Uh, yes, he fit, he fit the bill as far as, you know, a former NBA player with experience, someone that the kids could look to and say, well, here here's a guy who's been there, done that, you know, played here at UNLV on arguably, if, if not the greatest college basketball team of all time. And that was, you know, and, and so that was a good thing as far as him as an assistant. But from a recruiting standpoint, nobody was looking and saying Stacey Augman is, you know, some diamond in the rough, some guy who's the tip of the spear when it comes to the re recruiting angle. And I know we keep harping on it, and you brought it up, and I bring it up. But to me, it is going to be the entire – it is going to be the most important thing for UNLV to get back to respectability 
and being one of the top teams in the Mountain West. And that is the ability to get kids here. Okay. You got to be able to get the occasional five star guy. You got to be able to get the Anthony Bennett's. You got to keep getting the Steven Zimmerman Juniors. You know, and I'm not talking about the, you know, what the way these guys perform the NBA. I'm talking about, you know, that caliber of high school athlete to say, I'm not going to UCLA. I'm not going to Gonzaga. I'm not going to Kentucky. I'm not going to Duke. I'm going to go to UNLV. Okay. And, and if you're able to do that, that's how you can turn programs around. I don't see Stacey Ogman as that guy. And in some, and as you pointed out, okay, it's you know, that, that high profile X player, i.e. Jason Kidd, Juwan Howard, Penny Hardaway can work at some places, but I don't think this time, this place is where it would, it would actually necessarily work out. I got to be honest, Tim, I think they need to, they needed to go, and a, a seasoned head coach. And they need to have a head a guy that was a head coach before. You know. Now look, they weren't going to get the likes of Eric Musselman, okay, to come from Arkansas. It, it appears they weren't going to get Craig Smith out of Utah State. They they didn't get go after Todd Simon essentially. You know, uh, at Southern Utah. So, uh, you know, and they they weren't going to get you know that that caliber of coach as far as they weren't. I mean, Rick Rick Pitino, as much as I would love. I mean, I, I would love to see Rick Pitino come here from Iona, right, and, and stop, you know, walling around down in Iona and, and actually come to, you know, the dynamic place that is Las Vegas and UNLV. I would love to see him do that. But, you know, that wasn't in the cards either. So, like, I mean, but I, I think they needed a coach, though, not, not necessarily just a name and an ex-player that could be the coach to kind of turn things around here at UNLV. You mentioned Craig Smith, and this is what's upsetting to me, Chris Wynn. And yep. again, I have no idea whether the, the man would be interested in the job or not. I don't see why he wouldn't. But he is, of course, Utah's Logan, Utah, uh, as a as a head coach, right? And we're going back, cutting his teeth in Mayville, South Dakota, and now three years with the Aggies, where he's been to the tournament. Guess what? Three times, right? If you count last year, he would have exactly. made exactly. A, a career winner in Logan, Utah, why the hell would he not be interested in the UNLV job? And what, what kills me is, unless he's already got uh, some type of a, a, a back-end contract set up in Salt Lake City to be the new guy at Utah, now that that spot is open, the Utes job, why, why wouldn't he want to be in Las Vegas? It, you know, even though Utah State's been a better program than the Rebels the last few years, last more than actually, the last, I'll say, five, six years, it's still a step-up job, and, um, you know, the, the things like that kill me, and I really don't know if we're ever going to get to see the details, Chris, of, of who wanted the job or who was interested or who was even talked to. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get all that information. Think about this, Tim. Doesn't it seem preposterous to me and to you that we're talking about other schools like Boise State, Utah State, uh, Colorado yeah. State, you know, th these schools, and we're talking about them like, Oh, those jobs are elevated above UNLV. I mean, are we really kidding right now? I mean, are you kidding me? It just seems completely ridiculous on every level that we would say that. And look, there's a lot of pessimism out there, you know. And and uh, our buddy B. Shap, he, you know, he's he's kind of one of those guys who like, you know, they put out the oh, Rick Pitino's never coming here. They're not going to pay the money. 
And, you know, and, and any coach is worth their salt. It's not going to want to, you know, be involved with UNLV. And it, look, just a matter of a few years ago, they were on the doorstep of having Chris Beard be the – Chris Beard was the head coach here at UNLV, you know. And, of course, the, you know, extenuating circumstances took place at Texas Tech, and he got an opportunity to go back there, you know, where he was had a chance to go, you know, uh, uh, under his tutelage of Bobby Knight. And it was, you know – and so he ended up getting that gig. But, like – he had the job here, and I mean, fortunes. What we we have no idea what would have happened, but I can imagine that uh, it might be things might be a little bit different around here as far as UNLV basketball if Chris Beard was still the head coach. But my point is that you know, look, this is a place where where guys want to coach. Okay, this is a place where people want to be, where people want to live, and I I, I find it a very uh, uh, perplexing. And uh, a, a tad disheartening that uh, there's just like the negativity out there that that the ex- that this is not some program that it's almost like a, it's almost like a uh, defeated attitude, you know, like it's like, well, you know, they're just they're they're nowhere near relevancy right now. It's UNLV. Nobody cares. And uh, and look, there's there's a lot to it as far as like the fan support. Right. I mean, you go to the Thomas and Mac, it's not even anywhere near the atmosphere that it used to be. But it's just so disheartening. I mean, it's it's so disconcerting to to kind of hear that because you and I'm sure you and 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 a lot of people, a lot of people that have been here longer than I have. I've been here since 2003 here here in Las Vegas. They they would love to. You don't look. You don't have to go back to glory days. You don't have to go back to national championship runs. But you can get back to respectability. You can get back to where the program is looked at as one of the better programs on the West Coast, where they should be with the Gonzagas, with the UCLA's, with the Arizona's, you know, maybe just a little bit below that, uh, even with the San Diego States, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I, I just have this vision in my mind, Tim. I think of the Mountain West, right? And I think, you know, what should the pecking order be? What should the totem pole be in the Mountain West? And there's only one other school that I look at and say, well, that school, you know, has some advantages. That school maybe is, should be a step up from UNLV. And obviously that to me, that's San Diego state, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to basketball. And so, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's just tough to kind of see where the, where the program's at right now and, uh, and what it is they're going through. And, and, and it just doesn't seem like things are going to change anytime soon. You know, it just doesn't seem that way. Let let me give you one more name and then we can kind of put it to bed for now. Cause obviously it's, Kevin Kruger's a guy, and we'll be able yep. to talk about this for a while. But I'm going to give you one more name, and again, I'll preface it with no idea if he would be interested. I assume he would be, but let me just kind of play the numbers here for you. So a guy that I went to bat for last time before Otzelberger got hired was Steve Alford, um, and he ended up taking the job up north. And here's what kills me. You know, I went to UNLV, Chris, and you know, it was always a, the arena was always a laughing joke, right? Eh, that's how rivalries are in your state. Eh, Reno sucks. Reno's the armpit of Nevada. Blah blah blah. Well, guess what? Reno's been a more successful athletic program than UNLV has been for years now. Not only collegially in the basketball side of it, but also on the football side of it. So we're kind of the joke here, and all the idiots out there that want to make fun of Reno, you're really just making yourself look foolish here. So. Steve Alford, right, right, Chris? Eleven times he's been to the tournament. Eleven times. In his two years at Nevada, a better winning record 
than T.J. Otzelberger's two years at UNLV. And what would it cost to get Steve Alford here? That, that's the next question, right? So upon doing my research, which good radio hosts do, his buyout is $4 million. Not, not, that's, that's nothing, right? His buyout would be $4 million. What is Kevin Kruger going to make salary-wise? We don't know yet. It hasn't been, hasn't been announced. Year three for, for Steve Alford. So this year at Reno, coming up, he will make $400,000, Chris, base salary. Are you telling me that we couldn't get this guy for, for half a million dollars and uh, pay that buyout and have a guy come into the program that already you saw the way that Nevada played with a brand-new roster this year, how they played in the second half this year of the college basketball season. They were literally a half away from being in the Mountain West Championship game with a chance to go to the tournament. He's got a brand-new roster this year. He can recruit. He's recruiting to Reno, Chris. Reno. You going to tell me that he wouldn't be able to recruit here? I think by by he, he coached in New Mexico, right? He, there's no way you're telling me that this guy wouldn't be a perfect fit for you. Know, and again, I'm the guy that's going to sit here mad for the next amount of years that we're not going after a guy like this. And I don't even know what the backstory is, other than when he was at at New Mexico as a coach, there were issues, right, with the UNLV program. Why? Because he's he's a he's a he's a guy that puts all his heart and soul into what he does. I mean, come on, give me a break. This was the answer years ago, three years ago. This is the answer now. It was always Steve Alford for me, and again, we're, getting, we're not getting them. And, and, you know, it's just disappointing. I think it's a solid choice. I think it's a solid speculation right there, Tim, as far as him. Look, you mentioned the buyout. With respect to that, there's that $8 million allotment that the university has. I believe it's for the entire basketball program, both women's and men's. Uh, $8 million. You know what I mean? So I, I don't see any reason why that couldn't be something that could be allotted towards that. So the buyout, I don't think, would be any issue whatsoever, particularly the fact, given that uh, even people were talking about, you know, and this was just chatter, of course, after TJ ended up getting the job at Iowa State, but people were talking about the buyout for Rick Pitino, you know, being upwards of $10 million. So, and they were saying, well, this is this, the $8 million could go towards that. So there's a reasoning behind that. Look, you pointed out all the positives as to why Steve Alford absolutely would be a viable choice here. And by the way, he would check all the boxes too as far as all the things I talked about regarding where the program's at and where they wanted to be and where they want to get to. I think he would be a huge asset in that area. Another guy too, but I didn't mention, I don't want to get into it deep, but Tim Miles also, former head coach, obviously with uh, Colorado State as well as Nebraska, where Nebraska, by the way, Nebraska did an unbelievable job in the Big Ten. No one talked Nebraska basketball ever, forever, until Tim Miles got there and made them respectable. So, but I digress back to the Alford. No question. I mean, there's no question. And it, it, it goes back to why you and I, Tim, are so perplexed, uh, be, uh, bewildered. We don't understand. We're even a little bit miffed as to why Desiree Reed Francois and the company, it, it just, they did not take the time. Take some time evaluate what you have out there, okay? The possibilities that you have out there, the coaches that you could get, the coaches that maybe you won't get, but you, you maybe have a, you know, a snowball chance in hell at getting, you know, and just, and just take the time to do it. I'm not saying you got to take six months. I'm not saying you got to take two months. I'm not saying you got to take a month, but you got to take more than hours, you know? Right. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You have to take more than hours. It, there is a Mickey Mouse aspect to this, Tim, and I think you agree, to 
you know, the swiftness of this and, you know, kind of the care, uh, carefree might not be the right word, but maybe it is uh, the way that this hire was made. And again, I just keep coming back to the fact that it puts Kevin Kruger behind the eight ball. It really does. It's not so much about expectations. It's just about what he has in front of him. You know, it's almost like it's almost like he's looking up a mountain that's, you know, and there's a bunch of quicksand coming down the mountain. And Kevin's got to like got asked to get to the get to the mountaintop. I just it's just it just looks it just seems so tough. And you and I'm sure all the UNLV fans out there and alumni like you and others are, you know, are just looking for ways is how this how this works out. Right. And how we see uh, the other end of the rainbow here. But I just don't know. I don't know how this plays out. And I still think that it was not the right move, in my opinion. And realistically, what you just said is funny is that, um, you know, it wasn't like Kevin Kruger was going to take another job if if they didn't offer him the job today. He, You know, worst case scenario, right, Chris? Kevin Kruger would end up on the end of his father's bench next year at Oklahoma again. That's the worst case scenario for Kevin Kruger with Otzelberger leaving. So, yeah, they didn't take the time to do this. It seems like a safe hire, but that's all that she's ever done in her mind, in my mind, in following her uh, resume as the UNLV AD was maybe play it safe for whatever reason she thought was safe. And it's a disappointment. And, you know, tomorrow we're going to watch his press conference and he's going to say the right things because he's a good guy and he wants the, what's best for UNLV. And I think that's the positive I'll take out of this is that he wants what's best for UNLV because of the history behind it, because of his father, because he played here and he's been here the last few years. I truly believe Kevin Kruger wants what's best for UNLV. But, you know, it's going to lead off with her introducing this. And how many people, especially in the media, Chris, how many people are just going to look at her and be like, wow, you really have no idea what you're doing? No idea. And that's just unfortunate, right, Tim? I mean, we're talking about a, a woman who's, you know, in a prominent position in this town and as the athletic director at UNLV. So you, you have certain expectations that, that people are, are, are – they're, they're taking their job seriously, right, Tim? Taking it seriously. Like, are thoughtful about it and are – you know, and are concerned about not just the viewpoint of fans, because fans are fans, whatever, you know, but, you know, the, the boosters, the alumni, the people that care about the program, right? And, and maybe taking to heart what people believe. And look, I, and again, I'm not one of those people, so I can't sit here and act like I know what, you know, the prominent people that are at UNLV or that have been at UNLV or that support UNLV, what they think. But you're absolutely right. You know, those of us in the media that are going to be listen, listening to this this virtual press conference tomorrow or watching it and, and asking questions are going to be absolutely be thinking, why so fast? You know, why this person now for this job in this place at this time at this university? And it's 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 a lot of questions that I don't really see the right answers for that she's got. You know, so. <laughs> Would it be wrong, Chris, for, for somebody in the media to not even to, to damper the announcement of Kevin Kruger as the head basketball coach at UNLV, but would it be wrong for somebody in the media to, when she takes questions to say, why did it only take 80 hours to do this? And, and we don't want to hear some BS answer that he's the right guy for the job. Uh, you know, is, and I know in this town, Chris, you know this. If you ask That's the wrong question, 
Cause no, Tim, we, we've been, Tim, we've covered this team and this university. Okay. I've, I've done it since 2010. You've done it a long time too. And we know people that have been in this me in the media here for longer than that, you yes. know, and there, there is a hesitancy at times. And I can speak to this because someone who's worked in other towns and other medias. Okay. Where there's no holds barred. Okay. And in the Boston media where I started out as an, as a, just a piss on, you know, a production assistant and a occasional reporter that went out and got to cover press conferences and kind of learn from some people that have been in the business for 20, 25, 30 years. Afraid whatsoever to pull the trigger on questions like that. That's not the case here in Las Vegas. And look, I'm not trying to bash everybody in the media here. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to be honest, you know, even, even in the early years of uh, covering, covering, uh, uh, the Golden Knights, right? I mean, the Golden Knights. There, there weren't there weren't a lot of situations where tough questions were asked, where the where poignant, you know, measured questions that mattered got asked. And so, I would hope, Tim. I got to be honest. I hope somebody does ask the question tomorrow about the timing of the situation and how what what exactly your thought process was, right? And just kind of, look, you don't have to be you can you can be inquisitive and not confrontational. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. you can get to the point and you can ask the question without doing it in a way that's going to be argumentative, you know, or trying to like, I'm not, you're not trying to put her on the spot, not trying to blow. I mean, and I had this experience with her back uh, during, during the higher TJ, you know, in the press conference then, I mean, there was, there were times where, uh, you know, I, you know, myself and others asked questions that weren't necessarily comfortable for her answer. And I think that that needs to happen again tomorrow. It has to happen, Tim, because there needs to be, I mean, this is my opinion. She should answer the question about the timing and, and about, uh, you know, how, what the process was, you know, and, and go into a little bit of detail so that can, people can understand or may, I mean, maybe they're not going to understand, but people, you know, will get the idea or what she was thinking when it came to the swiftness of this and how this all shook out because, it's by no means normal. Um, you, you know, you see other prominent programs around the country. Doesn't things don't things don't play out like this, do they, Tim? I mean, you just don't have. You know, you don't hire a guy who was an assistant on the on the staff. You know, that is basically you know uh, on the outs just a matter of hours ago. Okay, and ends up taking another gig, and the program is in the position that you're in. You, you don't just you just you make a snap decision to hire the assistant right from that previous staff so there's going to be i'm sure there's going to be some inquisitive people right there's going to be some people in the media that are going to be uh having some questions in their head whether they pull the trigger and ask them i don't know we'll, we shall see very soon that's chris Wynn, tim mungles will be here on heatwave sports a sunday night kevin kruger the new head coach university of nevada las vegas when in hour two, when we come back, we're going to jump into this March Madness, go through the games today, and a look ahead to those Sweet 16 matchups. And yeah, there's basketball tomorrow as well. We'll talk about those matchups as well here on Heatwave Sports. Back for hour two, Fox Sports Radio.
the puck has dropped. It's the inaugural season for your Henderson Silver Knights, and you can catch all of the action on 1230 The Game. Brought to you by All Temp Refrigeration. For maintenance or replacement with reasonable prices, AllTempLV.com or 702-239-0116. 